This is the N to Z of film with Andy and Rajiv. Hello, welcome to another special bonus episode. This is like our third special bonus episode of the N to Z of film. <laughs> so many bonuses. Uh, it's our interview We're record. kind of... We're cheapening the bonus term, I think, <laughs> at this stage. Well, Cliff Curtis, he, he, he was a special guest, so that was like a, he surprised that's us. Definitely, yes, that was definitely a special bonus. This is more of a interseason thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so this is our, our roundup of the year 2017. We're recording this in the first few days of 2018, the new year. It's the, the few- first, it's, it's the first of the first for me. And the second of the and, first for me. Yep. Oh, and I'm Rajiv Mishra, your co-host. And oh, and I'm the other co-host, Andy. Andy, yeah, our names are in the credits yeah. there, but you know, hello, 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 welcome back to our podcast. Uh, in between season three and season four, um, so yeah, best films of 2017. Andrew's got a little bit. I've got films only. Andy, Andy, why don't you explain what your deal is? Well, so um, I didn't really get to enough movies um, over the course of this year. Um, I'm going to blame partly. Uh, my location it's quite remote there's only one cinema and that cinema is not super great so i've i've missed some films just because i didn't really want to go to that cinema <laughs> oh the cinema's actually not that great that's a shame it's not super great and the times aren't super great so you we've had a couple of things that played for maybe a week mm. and then if i don't go on the weekend the only other times it's showing is at 9:30 and that's just too late for an old man like me so this is this is a really good snapshot of what it's like for people viewing films in various parts of the world so uh, a joint like Guernsey uh, which is a little bit remote uh, yeah. you don't get to see stuff so much whereas like not as much we have i mean we've got more access to streaming services here so that's good Hooray. But, i mean they they don't have everything and they get things quite late yeah it's true uh, whereas so, in New Zealand, which is at literally at the bottom of the world, we have a film festival. So we have mainstream cinema, and then a film festival will play cool stuff. And we also have a bunch of art house cinemas here in the capital city. So I get to see heaps of stuff. Yeah, so, I believe for you. So it's weird. Like you are, you're like a hop, skip, and a jump away from London, and you don't get to yeah. see much. And I'm like at the bottom <laughs> of the world. <laughs> it's crazy. I am going to make a distinct uh, attempt this year. To see more films at the cinema, just suck it up and and see the see the things. So um, my list is uh, a brief sort of movie list, and then I've also got um, some TV and uh, a couple of podcasts that, for one reason or another, kind of grabbed me this year. So it's, it's Andrew's media roundup. A little bit, yeah. I mean, like I could have done a ten films, but they wouldn't have all been films that actually spoke to me. In any sort of way, mm. that's, yeah. that's So that's good. So do you, you're talking already. So you want to go? You want to start your discussion? I was going to say, why don't I shut up and, and you talk about movies? This being a movie podcast. Oh, okay, okay. And then we'll and then we'll we'll end on non movies. Sounds good. Um, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, so I've done this. I've done this list. So I'll be releasing a little video that I've made as well. Um, at some point, maybe once this is uh, up. So hopefully it comes at the same time. Uh, I've got a list of uh, my top ten, and then the list of my not quite top ten. So I'll just go through that the second. Like an honourable mentions sort of thing. Honourable mentions. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't do these in order because I really hate ranking movies. <laughs> but I sort of tried to put it's, the ones it's, that... 
it's tough enough putting them in uh, saying these are the 10 that I liked the best. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing as well. These are the ones, these are our favorites. Yeah. So, so don't. Objectively best. So don't be all like, oh, Rajiv really hated this film, but really liked that one. Don't add us. <laughs> don't add us. <laughs> Such a thing now. Um, Yeah. So, you know, uh, I could have probably talked about these are the top 10 as well, but I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's hard. So these are my, my bottom ones. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Blade Runner 2049, which was hard because I really liked that film. <laughs> uh, I Am Not Your Negro, Paddington 2, uh, The Disaster Ooh. Artist, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Coco, uh, Blade of the Immortal. Coco was a difficult one too. I was, I was like, I was debating whether that one goes in the top or not. Uh, Blade of the Immortal, uh, the Takeshi Miku film. Um, uh, Brigsby Bear, Guardian of this Galaxy, Volume 2, and Logan. Um, and my, my That's top... a pretty, pretty good uh, honorable mentions, crikey. Pretty good, yeah. It's interesting though. Like I was, I was reading a bunch of um, you know, top ten lists from from America, and I guess because I still live at the bottom of the world, like some of the films that I'm talking about are on their 2016 top ten list. So, Oof. you know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing like that sometimes. So, um, my my top ten, <clears throat> Baby Driver, but you're right. Uh, the Ooh. Big Sick, uh, Picking uh-huh. Order, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Step. It's a documentary in the film fest. Uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, Waru, a New Zealand film. Moonlight, which was on pretty much everyone's top 10 in 2016, but we only got it this year. Uh, 1,000 Ropes, another New Zealand film. And uh, Get Out. Amazing Get Out. Uh, right. So any of those you want to talk about in particular? Because, of uh, course, I haven't seen all of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, wh- which ones have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. And Wonder Woman. What? Well, I did want to talk about the and the the Big Sick as oh, well. Oh, cool! Big Sick's great. Yeah, I mean the Big Sick specifically because yeah, I mean it was hilarious. But it's it's like here's a movie released by a studio starring a brown dude, but not only like a brown dude, but like Kamal Nanjiani, who's from Pakistan, right? Like, and he has, still has a strong Indian accent. And I'm Indian. I'm, I, I know, and it's weird. It's 2017, so there shouldn't be a thing. But I'm looking at I'm at the cinema going, holy shit. Like, how has this happened? This is amazing. Like, this is incredible. It's so great. Um, I mean, it helps immensely that it's hilarious. So that's so that very, very good. funny and heartfelt. So that's always good. I mean, and yeah, cracker performances uh, all around, especially um, Holly Hunter. I wanted to say Helen Hunt there for a minute. It would be wrong. No, Holly Hunter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's. Yeah. I mean, she's funny, but she she brings a real gravitas. That she's sort of quite angry. I was really surprised that Ray Romano. Like, I'm not a huge Ray yeah. Romano fan at all, but I thought it was freaking funny in that film. <laughs> uh, Thor three. Oh no, it's not Thor three. Um, Wonder Woman. I, I want to talk about Wonder Woman because, uh, oh man, it was a breath of fresh air. Eh? Like it's just, yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Like I feel, Are you talking about uh, movies in particular or the DC universe? The DC universe, like, like, a, yeah. like we'll get. I don't want to get. Any, we don't. We don't get any haters, which is great. But like, if you love Batman v Superman, if you love Man of Steel, great, good for you. I don't know what you're watching. You're wrong. But but man, you're wrong. You're wrong in your opinion about movies. Someone is wrong on the internet about their opinion on movies. Um, but but man, they're so they're such a slog, and um, you know. I, I, I recently started listening to the Directors Guild of America podcast um, and they had Patty Jenkins on being interviewed by Richard Donner. You know, wow. it, it was really cool listening to that. I mean, it, you know, it's a bit pandering, but because they don't, they don't really um, get into deep critical analysis. But, um, you know, he's he's gruff and I guess he's not making movies anymore. So he he's kind of like, he's like, you know, what you've made is an up, an up picture. 
And and he's talking about like, you know, those latest, those last Superman and Batman films, they're, they're so down. Like, I don't know why you'd want to watch a, a Superman movie that's so down. I'm like, yeah, that's it, you know? And she and she pretty much says like, I made this film as a pretty much a homage to your movie, like Superman, you know? Like, and, and it is, it's so... Yeah, know, she's a heroic figure. Yeah, she's she's an up character. I mean, everything about her is hope. And it's really interesting. I read an interview with her. Oh, where was it? I can't remember. But but it also came up in this uh, the podcast where that no man's land sequence where she's you know, Chris. Um, yes, yes, yes. It's the big kind of moment introducing her as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, Patty Jenkins described it yeah. as her transformation into Wonder Woman. You know, yeah. where, where Chris Pine's character is all like, you know, we we got to keep moving, and she's like, but you know, what's happening here? We've got to help people out here. And the studio just wanted to not have it because they're like, well, what's the point of the scene? Um, because there's no specific I bad guy. I saw it. something about that. And I was like, why would you not have that scene? That's freaking badass. Yeah. It's, I think the reason was because the whole movie has this element of spoilers, everyone. So stop listening if you haven't seen it. But of uh, essentially hopelessness because mankind is, sucks. But Diana still sees the goodness in us. Um and you know, even even though she kills the main bad guy, that doesn't stop war. She's a very she's a simplistic outlook. She's like, oh, if I kill the god of war, that will stop the war, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, and so, in the no man's land sequence, there's no real like they're like, well, who are the specific bad guys here? But it's just showing that you know, she's trying to make a difference, right? Like she's like she sees the yeah. suffering, the human suffering, and she wants to do something about it, which is incredible, you know. Like and and to have a studio give you notes like, well, we don't understand the point of the scene. It's just like mind blowing to me. <laughs> Well, also, also given Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, possibly Justice League. I don't know. I've not seen it. I haven't seen um, it not surprising. Yeah. So there was like, it wasn't like, I kept thinking, oh, am I liking it just because it's so much better than all those other movies? But uh, it's it's more than <laughs> yes, that. I mean, that's why you like something. Yeah. Because it's better than those other things. Yeah, but is it actually not that good? But it's actually good. I mean, the th- third act is a mess. I don't like the God of War stuff. It doesn't really jive with me. And it has that same no. problem that the other DC films have. And I think Patty Jenkins was probably just trying to fight against it. But, you know, she can't because it's a studio film where the third act is a giant CGI mess that's uh, in a dark thing with fire everywhere and you're just like what is going on here <laughs> yeah but i um, mean and, and yeah i'm i'm actually i'm i've got it on blu-ray and i'm really keen to re-watch it and i've sort of been waiting to give myself time you know set aside some time to re-watch it and i think yeah that whole last bit final confrontation with the baddie bad guy yeah is not as great as the rest of the film no but even then it still has some great moments like chris pine taking off in the plane and Captain America ring himself. Yeah, but see, but that, but that's my issue with it. That's the greatest moment in the third act. It's, it's great, like it's awesome, but it's not yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> um, whereas, like Wonder Woman peaked pretty much with that amazing No Man's Land sequence, and I mean the fight, the battle in Themyscira is incredible. Like it's one of the oh, best things. Taking out the sniper nest and just her interactions with the crew around her. Hmm. She's a helpful character. I mean, she's she's Captain America, but writ even larger. Just great. I mean, I'm I'm a massive Marvel guy. Like, I'm I'm not anti DC. I want I want all the films to be good. But I just mean like when I was growing up, those are the comics my brother and my cousins had. So that's why I started reading. So I have no real interest in Wonder Woman. But I would I would argue that that was my favorite superhero film of the year, and it's a DC film, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. But I mean, and that's um, coming from a film uh, a year where Marvel had three 
really good superhero films. And then there was also another Fox Marvel superhero film that was really good. What was that one? Oh, Logan. Logan. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry, so when, you say, when you say Fox and superheroes, I go, yeah, none of those are any good. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so you got Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and uh, Thor Ragnarok, which are all really good films. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming was, because was, I'm a massive Sam Raimi guy, I liked, and I love Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite movies ever, mm. like, as not just a superhero film, but I think that they got Spider-Man, Peter Parker, better in homecoming right like that seems like the the spider-man that i was reading as a kid and i think that seems like spider-man <laughs> like he seems yeah, like a nerdy I think, kid I think, yeah a little bit more the i think the sam raimi uh peter parker is very much more the john romita senior uh, yeah era. i guess it's interesting because he's at he's at uni whereas like he's at high school in this this one it's, it was just yeah, he's it was actually just, a kid yeah and it but it felt the quips felt more natural. They didn't feel quite right out of Tobey Maguire's mouth. I was a little bit disappointed. No. I mean, the John, the what's his face, Garfield was the worst. I don't understand that that one at all. <laughs> so I think that was a huge misstep. But I do. I never saw uh, the Electro one, so maybe it got better there. I don't know. No, it did not. Okay, sweet. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> did not. But so, um, talking of one of those Marvel movies that came out this year, as opposed to Spider-Man 2, which came out a while ago, Thor Ragnarok from um, New Zealand's own Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, that's right. Potentially stole the show. Oh, in the, the film. film. That's right. Yeah, he's as, in it. As uh, Korg. Korg. Yeah. I mean, that that's on my top 10 list. I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, I, I think I enjoy the first two Thor movies more than most people. I think they're actually pretty good. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I find something to enjoy in both of them. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of people uh, think this they're was, terrible. <laughs> well, they, they, Thor is the character who, of the main Avengers, has definitely got the shortest shrift. Mm. His his first film is not as good as Cap or Iron Man's first film. Yes. Um, as much as I like it. Um, his second film, nowhere near as good as Winter Soldier or Iron Man 3. Right. Um, and even in the Avengers films, he's kind of, they're not, I feel like they're not really too sure what to do with him. Yeah. I mean, he's a, like he's with a, regards to the other Avengers, like he just kind of turns up and then takes off randomly. I mean, he's very powerful. So when there's a big giant serpent yeah. in the sky, you sort of put him on a building and make him summon lightning and stuff. So that's cool. But yeah, <laughs> he does sort of not fit that well, I guess, compared to the other ones. Like he's less quippy. What they sort of changed that with this third film but then the third film yeah taika just decided to make it a straight up and down comedy so which is my which is my main criticism but also the thing i like the most of the film like like i watch it and i go that's not thor that's not the character i know from the other films but it doesn't matter because it's so freaking funny like it's great you know like I guess Straight he's made him a buffoon, and it's uh, it works amazingly. I mean, I guess he's grown. He's like he's learned Earth ways, so he's learned how to quip. I guess like the best of them. Um, but he does seem yeah. like a very different character. I'm like, well, he seems like he's like very, very modern Earth 20th century written by SNL writers' room or something. You know, I'm just like, what? Who is this? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's you know he's not going to be sadly I virling. Yeah, I was I was disappointed. <laughs> I mean, my yeah. The only down I had to that was the number of. Was, again, it was also one of the things I liked about the film was that yeah, if you haven't seen this film, spoilers, I guess, but whatever. It's an end of year list, so don't add us. Um, everyone dies. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was a little bit like, disappointed by the Warriors 3 perishing. Yeah, the Warriors 3 all get totally killed. And they all get like a bit of a death scene, but then there's no... No one seems to care? Well, I mean, Cause spoilers. Because Thor yeah. doesn't know, because he's, he's off on other planet. Yeah. And then when he does get back, he doesn't ask about them, and then blows up Asgard. Well, it's not like he doesn't care. There's just a lot going on, man. There is a lot going on. <laughs> I know, but it's the same. It's like, oh, they, 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 these, these guys were weird side characters, but oh, I'm still sad to see them go. Yeah, they were, t- they were totally cool. I like the Warriors too a lot. But but then, yeah, holy shit, I couldn't believe they blew up Asgard. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, that, um, that whole... I mean, we're watching it, like, one is Taika, and we, we know him from uni and shit, but the whole um back the background of of Asgard being a colonial power and they're like well oh man we're gonna destroy it that's so, so good, good. <laughs> no, it's so good you know like Hella's all like well this is what we really are like we you know bring back the greatness yeah. of what we really are and Thor's all like oh <laughs> and his final decision just... with Loki to release the um Surtur is all like Surtur all right yep we've you know oh we've got to burn it all down like destroy the colonialist power like this is amazing like, it's like, so great <laughs> nice work um, Taika given, and screenwriter <laughs> given a little bit of extra um, relevance I guess to sort of over in this part of the world over I think this last year it was discovered that um, some documents a lot of documents like thousands from Britain's colonial past have just oh, yeah, that's right. gone missing mm. <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah yeah well, we yeah. know that what was that what was that called operation what's it called where they you know they destroyed them previously. oh yeah that but then there's been more even more that yes. have happened recently oh right oh yeah 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 that's right i forgot about that <laughs> yeah british archives that oh, was the british archives um yeah they're lent out to the ministry and they've just whoopsie doodle so just like exactly like uh what 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 odin did on thor yep Hundred percent painted over, painted over yeah. everything, and then yeah, Britain buried its um, daughter. Hooray! In hell, and then <laughs> that's, that's what they did. It's gonna come back and stuff, I guess, or something. I don't know. But anyway, great film, very funny, but also very serious. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually I actually hang out with a bunch of writers uh, at a writing workshop, and they were very critical of Taika and his like, oh, everything is so comedy and everything is so, um, what's what's the word where you where everything's like undercut. But I was like, yeah, but that's that's no, like, that that's what gets it in. Yeah, it's interesting because that, that was I feel like that was the same that was the same criticism leveled at Boy, where people well I was at that I was I was bring back that letter to the editor I heard where the Boy is like you know it's a tragic film about a guy who's a deadbeat dad who comes out of prison he doesn't look after his kids properly, but it's fucking funny right like it's funny yeah <laughs> like like you could you could you could read that synopsis out and you go oh that's a tragedy you know, and you can watch the film and and not think that at all but I, you know, I remember reading this letter to the editor because again, the guy was all like why are people probably talking about this as a comedy it's such a tragedy but i'm like well did you watch the same film as everyone else like yeah there's comedy in it but that doesn't mean you can't have the gravitas that goes along with that it's yeah, just man, that's crazy fucking life exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i thought it was it was a massive it was a massive surprise at how funny it was i was like oh right so thor thor three is like the funny one like I thought of Ant Man as the funny one, but I'm like, oh, no, Thor three is the funny one. Yeah, and even that's even in a year where Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two really pushed um, the comedy there as well. Yeah, like, I mean, but that's that always was, funny though, right? I know, but that even like pushed it up a little bit more to the slapstick edge. 
Yes. And then kind of Thor Ragnarok just went totally over the top. It's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that Guardian of the Galaxy was also dealt with quite serious themes like uh, consent and like father issues and all sorts of stuff, you know? Child abuse. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. But people don't see it. Like, I have a a friend that's very anti superhero films and he, but he liked Thor. He was like, oh, Thor was great because they really developed the character. I'm like, are you watching the same films I'm watching? Like, (laughs) you don't seem to have character development. I mean, I know the superheroes, there's a certain level of status quo you have to return to, but. You still, you know, you still have like Thor, like you still have like Steve Rogers waking up in a world he doesn't understand, and like his entire power structure turns out to be uh, Nazis, corrupt. Like, yeah, you know, like those seems like big, big ideas and themes to me, but maybe I'm just a simpleton. I don't know. Um, no, I think they are. They're wrong. <laughs> Screw them. Okay. All right, move on. Uh. Um, well, yeah, I mean, th- those are the main ones I really want to talk about. I, mean, I do want to talk about Last Jedi, but should we talk about your well, the little list? Yeah, so that's, well, that's very quickly. So that actually leads in quite nicely. So my list of movies that I saw at the cinema that really um, worked for me this year were Thor, Ragnarok, Wonder Woman, uh, and The Last Jedi. Hmm. It's a very short list. It is a very short list. Like I said, I did not see many films this year. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I saw, uh, I saw less than 20. Right. Definitely. Less than twenty, possibly less than fifteen. Right. So, so the, <laughs> la- the last Jedi wasn't even on my list because I kind of forgot about it. But then when I remembered it, I was kind of like, ah, oh, it's a weird one. Like I'm like, is I've never been a Star Wars guy. Growing up, you were always a Star Wars guy. I was a Star Trek guy. Yeah. Like I've always liked Star Wars. I think they were great, and I always liked The Empire Strikes Back as a kid because it had snow, and I was like, it's cool. It's on the snow planet. And as an adult, because I'm like, it's. <laughs> It's a it's a superior. It's our snow and all the cool planets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like you know, there's a there was like a yeti monster and all that sort of stuff, and I was was really into that for whatever reason. But growing up as an adult, I think I think oh, the reason I really connected with it is because it's it's good. It's a good film. But there's still they would never ever like if someone said oh give me a top ten, it would never ever feature a Star Wars film ever. So I don't have that heavy investment that I think a lot of fans have. But but this Star Wars, you know, Ryan Johnson, who I love, I think his film. I haven't seen mm. a single one of his films I don't like. This is the first Star Trek Star Wars film that really connected to me. Like fully, I was well, like, that, "Oh, this is a good movie, right?" <laughs> yeah, it's not a perfect film, but I think it's a great film. Yeah, I don't know. And I is think it, you can say it, that about a lot of great films. Yeah, no, 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 it was a perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it twice now. Hmm. Yeah, like you said, I was a big Star Wars um, kid growing up. Saw all the re-releases in the cinema. Way into it, had a bunch of toys and books and extraneous crap yeah, and can. the prequels and so good the prequels so good. kind of oh man it's just they were so good that i uh didn't like star wars anymore so <laughs> yeah the force awakens was fun was fun it was, and, and it, i think it, it definitely works for uh what it is and what it's trying to achieve it's jj um, abrams doing his thing again yeah it, it gets you interested in in Star Wars again, basically, it gives you a fun adventure um, with a, a spoiler, I guess, a major character death, Han Solo dies, whatever, um, and some really interesting characters uh, played by some pretty good actors. But it was just fun. There's nothing sort of else really to it. It was very much a retread of yeah. uh, the first Star Wars. Yes. Rogue One was fine. I had some problems with it, but eh. 
See, Rogue One was a, Rogue One's me. another one that connects to me, and I think it's mainly because. No, I mean I think it's good, but it's the pe- the people of color are there all, all over it, really big to me. Because because I was like I've never really connected with Star Wars, mm. but Rogue One and Last Jedi are my like those are my top of my list in Empire. Yeah, and then <laughs> Last Jedi just I think by taking all of the stuff that was set up in the Force Awakens that had various fanboys <gasps> questioning who is this, who's Ray's parents, oh what's really going on, who's Snoke, oh he's secretly I don't know Obi Wan Kenobi come back from the dead in a clone body and. I don't know, I just made that up, but that's about makes about as much sense as any other Snoke theory. Um and just basically had no fucking time for that bullshit. Yes. And set this all up for like a, it just it, it it was what Star Wars needed. Yeah, it's really it's really fascinating because there has been a very negative reaction. And Yeah, it's loud what? minority Oh um, yeah. It's, not as in minority folks, but a loud minority <laughs> of people. Yeah, it's it's not actually loud. It's just because I'm on Twitter, I you know you see it. But the, I think the majority of people, because it made lots of money, um, do, do yeah. think it's great. But but it's really fascinating because you know I watched it at the cinema with my wife and a, some friends and uh, Chris actually, which is weird. Shout out to Chris Tees, who was never a Star Wars guy at all, but he was like, "Hey, want to go see this film?" I'm like, "What's going on?" Um, what? I saw The Force Awakens with him. I know it's weird. I don't know what's happened to Chris. He's changed. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, I watched it and I thought, hey, and I was really affected by it. I was like, it had so many emotional moments and I was like really invested. And I, you know, and, and I didn't, I thought, oh, yeah, that's great. Came out. And then reading all the negative feedback, I was like, oh, what film did I watch? Like, I was like, I was really, I was really surprised by all that. Like, I it never even contemplated, I never even thought that, oh, yeah, Luke throwing away the Skywalker, is, uh, the, Luke, th- Luke throwing away the um, lightsaber. Lightsaber at the start, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a weird thing to do. I didn't think that that at all. I just thought I didn't. It didn't. Str- I just thought it was amusing. And he's a grumpy old man, hermit, living as a yeah. Jedi monk on this island. I think like, it, it seemed yeah. completely normal to me. Like it didn't seem weird at all. Like it yeah. was. It was a fun moment, kind of undercut all the seriousness of the Force Awakens. <laughs> that last shot that just went on forever and ever. It seems like she was holding that lightsaber out for 10 solid minutes. <laughs> um, uh, and I know people who have had, uh, who have a problem with that whole, I feel like he, uh, Ryan Johnson doesn't respect Star Wars somehow because he's made Luke into a grumpy old hermit. But I think that totally works. It, it seems works. crazy to me. Doesn't it work completely within the realms of the story we we just watched? Like it's just like yeah. What are you literally watching? as as people have said, literally every other Jedi master that we've kind of come across has been a grouchy old hermit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Obi Wan and Ben Obi-Wan. Kenobi. Yeah. Yoda and Yoda, right? Luke Skywalker. It's what they do. I actually, I didn't even contemplate that. I just thought it worked. But yeah, you're right. That's that's what they end up becoming, don't they? Yeah. yeah, and once it's revealed um, what happened with Ben slash Kylo Ren and Luke's school and mm. Luke's kind of role in that, it absolutely makes sense that he wants to cut himself off. Yeah, yeah. I was really fascinated. So I was like, okay, I'll read this thing. You know, and I, 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 I read a lot of film sites, but I spend most of my time on Birth Movie's death. And in the comments on one of the um, – Andrew Todd, who's another Kiwi guy, wrote a really mm. great article about Last Jedi. Um, on there oh yeah that's um that's a great one it's really good and i thought oh yeah that's that's sort of it's funny because i read it and i go yep that's what i think too like that's that was my i watched the movie and yeah that's what i got out of it but other people are clearly not doing that which is you know everyone's allowed their interpretation but in the comments section 
some sorry, this is the this is the article on birthmoviesdeath.com. It's called The Last Jedi, Unlearning What We Have Learned. It's the yep. top article on the page at the moment. So yep. thoroughly recommend you all read that. Andrew Todd is a great, great writer and yep, totally mm. read that article. And there was a comment talking about like, you know, and it was a you know, the comments on that side are, are pretty well moderated. And there was like, you know, oh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily agree with you. Here's my, you know, a link to my writings on this other blog. So I was like, okay, cool. He's a guy, he's a Star Wars fan that had problems with it and he's gonna articulate what he didn't like about it. And it was really fascinating reading it, because a lot of it was like, here's what I would have done. Oh, and here's what I would have oh, done here. No. Uh, and you know, and we should have had been we should have had um Luke explain like you know, he, he was like, oh, yeah, no, this is just an example of throwaway thing that I've just, I've just thought of. And then it would go, it went on for quite a long, like f- quite a few paragraphs about like his training up of this new Jedi order. And he, and he posited in, in this dialogue that Luke is delivering that that's where the first order comes from. It's actually Luke's, Luke's Jedi school. And then it becomes corrupted and then it becomes the first order and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I, you know, whenever you do a reading of a movie, you don't. But that's not. I, I don't that's, tend to go. Oh, here's what I would have done. It seems weird. That's that's sort of also not really reading the movie as it is. That's just the movie that you wanted to make or watch, I guess, which is not engaging with the uh, work in front of you. Yeah, which is weird. I, and I guess those people would call us elitist and I don't know pretentious dicks or whatever. But just watch the fucking movie that's right there in front of you and <laughs> engage with that. That's that's all you need to do. I know, and it's weird no, because because. When they start writing these things, it makes you think, oh, when they're watching the movie, they're, they've gone in with really specific ideas of what they want. And then they don't yeah. get those things. And instead of engaging with the film, they make it up new stuff as they watch the movie, yeah. which is really weird, right? That's a weird thing to do. I feel bad. I'm not trying to call you guys dicks if you guys are listening. Sorry. You can dislike a film. That's fine. But I guess I just don't watch films like that. <laughs> it's just... Seems no, I think the the best way to go into a film is as much as you can, sort of as blank as possible. Sure, have some. Oh, I really hope we see more of, especially if it's a sequel and a long running thing. You know, I really hope we see more whatever, mm. and hopefully that guy gets a great moment. But don't try and have a story for the film already built in your head because then you're not going to, you know, you're going to be in your own way. And I mean, I've done that before as well. Mm. You just got to get out of your own way and watch the film that's there and engage with it and sort of realize that the canto bite sequence, whilst you, it goes nowhere on a plot level, mm. um, it's there for very important character and thematic reasons. Mm. But it might go somewhere in the third movie because we don't really know what's going to happen with Benicio del Toro's character, right? Well, so he was potentially. Introduced. Who knows? Whatever, yeah. but. That's not important for this film. I know, but but they, but if they, if they are hung up specifically on plot, which is who really cares about plot? Well, often, I don't really care about plot that much. <laughs> I mean, you do. I but. think that's that, that's the thing. A lot of people do. Right, that's right. why a lot of people have got annoyed with the Canto bite sequence is because it ultimately leads nowhere in terms of the plot. But then it, it does because that's when Benicio del Toro betrays them to the First Order, and that's when all the shuttles get shot out the fucking sky. So. And then, yeah, and then we have that amazing moment with Laura Dern. So none of that would have happened without that whole stuff. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't agree with that, where they're like, it doesn't it doesn't advance the plot. It does. It just, maybe it goes in a way that you didn't like, because, I don't know. Or it, it goes, it, it zigs when you expect it to zag, and that's fine. Just let the film do that. I mean, appreciate the surprise. That's what I did. Yeah, I appreciated I like- so much of that, because I did not see it coming. Yeah. And and it, it it is like 
I did read a lot of. I read a couple of weird comments there, like, oh, you know, she can't. She can't be of not noble birth, or she's going to have something special in her background because you know, people in positions, oh. people that are hero protagonists in films, you know, they have that. They're either like, you know, got fancy birth, or they've got like some sort of special training. I'm like, what? 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 Don't we just want like regular folks to be like, yeah, rise up and destroy the nobility? You know, like that's that's what I want. Like, you know, seize the means of production. I guess I'm just a, a communist. I don't know, but like, you know, I just don't. <laughs> I, I'd much rather my character, my main characters, just be like nobodies like me that are like, yeah, I can fuck things up. Sure, I'll just. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's the same thing with like Captain America. Steve Rogers is a nobody exactly until he gets his his innate. Uh, wanting to do goodness yeah. turns him into a hero. So same with Ray. This know? extreme, this noble birth that thing is weird. I, I'm I'm a little oh, worried. It's awful. I, I, I hope it's, it... it's real edging towards you know eugenics and pure bloodlines and uh, really bad thinking. I really hope it's not because of Trump and how he's put his children into the White House and stuff. I really hope that that's not part of it. But I worry it is. Um, uh, but that whole like. Um, that that weird the weird um birthright thing is it came remember when Mike J Michael Straczynski did that with Spider Man, and then they did it they they put a little bit of that into like the Amazing Spider Man where his parents were the spies and you know it was like he was destined to become Spider Man instead of just being like a normal kid and he was just accidentally oh yeah in the first Amazing Spider Man movie yeah because his dad experimented on him so or yeah. it was his blood only his blood could. Yeah, interact with the spider. Like, oh, it's like, well, that's completely that? against the point of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because J. Michael Straczynski yeah. did that with the spider totems in the two thousands and stuff, where Ugh. like it was destined to be. Like, I was just, I'm just like, why is that? Jesus so- Christ, this has got nerdy. Why is that seeping into culture though? Like, why is it part of it? Like, don't we like? Aren't we like screw noble birthright? Isn't that what we really want? Like, yeah, it seems weird. I don't know, man. It's I think it's part of that. Um, the chosen one. It's narrative weird. destiny has chosen you and you'll be the one that will save us all so weird like no, I, I, I like i read so many comments of people being annoyed by ray's like we don't know what her birthright is and oh she can't be just the children of junkers or whatever and i'm like isn't that yeah. cool isn't that great that's really cool that's <laughs> absolutely the point of the fucking movie <laughs> <laughs> so weird but it's even is even uh sort of the point of the first star wars you know well, you don't uh, find out that Luke is a, you know, nobility and important and until you know Empire Strikes Back. But in that first film, he's just some kid from Tatooine, from Kansas. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, but he do, he does eventually become like a prince, which sucks. But whatever. Um, I, I, I can tell a pretty anti-monarchy. But um, uh, the Snoke thing was interesting because I did leave the Force Awakens going, hey, what's what's there with Snoke? Like I'm really interested in that. Is he is he a giant? <laughs> like is he small? <laughs> like where's he, where did he come from? What's the scar? Like and then in the you know in the last Jedi he's kind of he's he he dies. Spoilers everyone. And I went with it. I'm like oh yeah, it doesn't matter, right? It's not important. But I did leave. Yeah. I did leave the Force Awakens being like I really want to know what that's all about. You know. And I didn't I didn't leave the Force Awakens necessarily really? was... caring about um, no. Ray's parentage. That never was really an issue to me. But whatever. <laughs> No, I just, I, I guess, because he was a hologram. He was a hologram, so we never got to see him. I'm like, I wonder what he's like. Does he wear slippers? What's his deal? You know, he wears a gold gown. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> I found out what his clothing was. So that was enough for me. I was fine. 
<laughs> all your Snoke questions were answered. But it was like I, I was like I was on their side. I was like, yeah, yeah, I came. That was me. But then when the film, when I watched the film, I'm like, oh yeah, they made it so. You know, I mean, his whole the whole speech, and they were talking about the birthright and all that stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what Snoke is. It's not important. What's important is what's happening now, right? Yeah. Oh well. And then it had a really awesome lightsaber battle with some red ninja dudes. So. Oh, oh, I can get Star Wars nerdy. They didn't have lightsabers. They had the razor. What are they called? Oh, I just I read about it. They were like they were a, um, a precursor to the lightsaber. Oh, I forgot it. Went into, I went sure. into a deep dive of Whatever. Star Wars. I would have thought you'd know that stuff. Did you not know that stuff? You God, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get that nerdy. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That's last so, year. Though. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing is that, yeah, that really reignited the joy of Star Wars for me. And Hooray! Um, my, partner, my partner and I talked about it the whole way home. And then when we saw it again, we talked about it the whole way home again. It's like, it just... It gave me a great kind of fizz. It's awesome, yeah. I, I felt I felt very also, excited after as well. Yeah, also Leia force pulling herself in from outer space. That's fucking badass. That's cool. People have an issue with that people too. Can, I'm like, it's totally fucking awesome. It's yeah, totally cool. Fuck off. Because I, I was like, oh no, she died. Just... And I was like, hey, she didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I thought, you know, because she's rad. Fisher passed away, so I thought I thought that was that was how they got rid of her in the film. But yeah, it was cool. And Poe Poe was super awesome. And Finn, all like, the characters, they all had great arcs and moments and beats and interactions with each other. So, hmm. <sighs> I mean, the Canto bite sequence was, really spoke to me a lot. I was like, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, and free the oh, animals. The, um, Yay! <laughs> Rose's line: "The I want to." push my fist through this whole beautiful lousy town something like that yeah that's great that's such a good line so good so good yes so that probably should have been my list but it's not but yeah, i feel like it's, it's a, it was um, more of a it's it's a much more cultural than just the film i'm like it's a really big thing you know like it's a big thing in society i feel you know on star the, wars yeah on the on the pop culture society like it's a real oh, well, you yeah, can't get any bigger right is. that's as big as yeah. it gets <laughs> amazing pretty much yeah yeah uh, so yeah, so those are my three uh, cinema films. Was it was it what was it Wonder Woman and Thor? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we we covered this. It's Andrew's yeah. top ten. And done. Then, it's the end of the podcast. Yeah, it's my. Okay. Yes, we're done. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Um, but very just very quickly, I guess. Um, some movies I have very much enjoyed on streaming services this year: uh, War on Everyone and Logan Lucky. Oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Haven't seen either of those. Uh, oh, I thoroughly recommend. We watched Logan Lucky the other night, and I got annoyed that it wasn't more successful because it is great. People talk about it as, as a very minor film, Soderbergh film, I guess, but I, I just look at it and go, man, uh, that James Bond guy sure looks like he's having some fun times. He was <laughs> having a ball. <laughs> really, and again, like uh, quite a lovely emotional core to it. And um, I definitely recommend it, especially if you enjoy heisty, capery type films. Check that out. I do. I, I very much enjoy high speed yeah. capery type films. So there you go. Logan Lucky. Have a look. And War War and Everyone. That's the, is that I always forget. Is that the guy that did The Guard or Seven Psychopaths? The two brothers, right? Yeah. Never remember which one is which. <laughs> it's the one that didn't do three billboards. Okay. I don't know. That's not very helpful. But okay. Yep. Sure. 
because that's one of the McDonald's, isn't it? Yeah, I think Three so. outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. it's the other one, I think. Okay. They're both very good. I mean, they're both great. Very good. Yes. And then um, some favorite TV uh, from this year, because it's actually been a very good year for TV sort of shows, and people have been arguing about whether Twin Peaks is TV or film or whatever. I don't care. I just things that I enjoy. Don't I don't care about the particulars. Um, but what I've enjoyed are American Vandal, mm-hmm. um, The Good Place, The Expanse, mm-hmm. uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Oh, you get that. Awesome. Yeah, and it um, doesn't really count, but also we watched pretty much watched it all again as Parks and Rec. So. <laughs> nice. Good show. Good show. Has Lowe still seen the final season all the way through, so we need to rectify that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the expanse um, is so good. Like, um, it's always nice to see sci-fi and TV. That's great, and it was excellent. I still yeah, haven't seen so season two we, yet. No, neither. So when we first arrived, I had uh, in Guernsey. So my partner started work pretty quickly, but uh, I had a bit of time on my hands to kill. So just started. I found the expanse. I think because I read an article about the New Zealand actress who's in season two. That's right. I was like, oh, that yeah. sounds like a cool show. I'll check that out. And just slammed the first season pretty, mm. pretty quickly. So um making my way through season two now. Excellent. Are you, are you, and, you've got it? Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, it's not on New Zealand Netflix yet. Okay. I'll no, check. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is now. It wasn't before. Okay. Oh, these lame international things. And then, uh, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Johnson just finished that. That came out, I think, December 2017. So a late entry. But... Uh, that is absolutely worth a watch. It is bananas. And do you have it on um, Netflix? Uh, that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's, it's an Amazon Prime has, show, yeah. Yeah, it's just started in New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Amazon yeah. Prime. Is um, it? I don't know. I, don't, I only have Netflix. I just got the one. But okay, right. <laughs> I should look into it. I mean, that that that's it on my list. I mean, JCVD uh, a few years back was just my favorite thing ever. So. You know. This this is potentially even better than that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's the it's Peter Intentia, right? And he's the guy that did yeah. Key and Peele. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Well, and Jean Claude Van Damme gives like a legit great performance. But he's like, he's good actor. Like I, people forget he is. that. Like his <laughs> especially his like from JCVD on. I think I think too many people slept on that because I mean, like see him and even in the Expendables too, he's great. He's great. I always thought he had a he had a level of acting ability that was never really capitalized enough. I thought he was always he's got a certain charisma about him as opposed to like the likes of Stagall and whatnot who don't. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's no, he's and he's list. he's he's it turns you know vulnerable and hilarious. Yeah, does um, look really as well as kicking people in the face, I don't know what you'd want more from. And does he do the splits show. many times? Oh, oh, he does the splits. Excellent. Looking forward. I to won't spoil that. more than that. Yeah, actually, yeah, there, there was an interview with Peter show where they talk about they, they talked about oh the scene with the splits and the scene with the splits, but they didn't go into details. I'm like, oh, it must be something special. It must be something going on. Oh yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's only six episodes, but man, they fit a lot in there. Awesome. That gets pretty crazy and many references to Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and it kind of makes me want to go back and rewatch a whole bunch oh, of right. so, so, Van Damme films so not only is he um, like his cover was that he was an action star they actually referenced the specific movies he was in uh, yeah both within the show like Jean-Claude Van Damme 
in disguise talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Yeah. Awesome. Just just hilarious. Oh, there's, there's that one film. Sorry, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's very good. Um, to actually just legit pretty much doing like a Van Damme movie. It's so good. Oh, man. So, so meta. It's so great. I love it. Yeah. All right. That's on the list. So it's definitely up there. Uh, yes. And American Vandal, if you haven't checked it out, is phenomenally good. Well, well here's, I'm going to sound really dumb. Like I went to American Vandal thinking it was a real thing. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So we watched the we watched the the first ten minutes of the first episode thinking it was real, and then we were like, "Wait a minute, this is." <laughs> <laughs> and then we got annoyed with it. But then I've I've gone and watched uh, more episodes, and it's 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 very funny. I do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But that was a that was a bit of a disappointment because so... I, I was like, oh, imagine because imagine if it was real, how funny would that be? Oh well, shame. <laughs> So, uh, yes, those were the uh, TV shows I really enjoyed this year. And then very quickly, just to wrap this up, um, some other podcasts that I enjoyed uh, this year because I tried out a whole bunch of new ones. Um, My Dad Wrote a Porno, The Adventure Zone, Crime Town, Switchblade Sisters, which is a a new podcast, only a sort of month or two old, I think. And um, I know it's... um, Pimping ourselves a bit, but I'm going to say our Cliff interview episode of the Interzeta film. That's right. I imagine people listening to this would have heard it, but if not, we interviewed Cliff Curtis. You go and, yeah, and that is pretty fucking awesome. So that definitely makes my interview list for podcast yeah. related things. Yeah, my thing, yeah. My, the thing that I did makes my top 10 list as well. That's how. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, so um, my dad wrote a porno. I also started listening to that this year. Uh, very funny. I I remember trying to listen to it years ago, and I got I got a little bit of like, oh, it's too it's too cringy. Like I can't I can't too cringy. I can't do it. But this year, yeah, uh, my wife started listening to it, and she got me back into it, and it's it is it's very funny. Uh, oh, see, that's <laughs> we did the opposite thing. Started listening to it with my partner, and she's like, no, too cringy for me. So, okay, so I've listened to the entire thing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up to I'm up to season two, halfway through season two, so. Wow, it's really bad how his writing is so bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, why don't you just give us briefly uh, what the other ones were? I mean, my, my podcast that I listen to all the time, I had this get made. It's a movie podcast that I love. Uh, William Ray is a local Wellington, New Zealand guy who does uh, Black Sheep, all about the interesting, slightly villainous characters of New Zealand history, which is amazing and one of my favorite shows. Uh, this year I, wrote, I listened to Is Town, which I'm a little bit late to, but man, that was a good, a really great show. Uh, totally I, amazing. Yeah, um, and that was it. So what? What? So what? Don't you? I don't. I don't. I don't actually know some of the ones that you you read out. So give me some details. Uh, well, so um, the Adventure Zone is uh, a podcast that is uh, a few years old, and I had heard about it and sort of avoided it for some reason. I can't remember why. I think because it had like three years worth of a backlog. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I was like, it's quite a bit intimidating to to kick off with. But then I think when I was traveling back to New Zealand earlier this year, I was like, well, I'm going to have a lot of time. So I'm going to need a whole lot of podcasts to listen to. So I downloaded a bunch of episodes and got hooked. What it is, is three brothers and their dad playing Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. That's it? Which sounds super lame. But do they talk about their narrator as they go? Very, very good. Yeah, so there's one guy who is the dungeon master and builds a story. And so what um, they start playing like a regular Dungeons and Dragons 
quest and they just kind of start playing it and then as they go they kind of over three years build an overarching story and character growth and it's kind of a phenomenal thing to to listen to and it's pretty funny and pretty emotional at times okay interesting yeah so it's that's from the um mcelroy brothers who uh sort of have many 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 podcasts okay right i don't um, know who they are yeah okay and what was the what was the other one? The sisters, something sisters. Uh, so Switchblade Sisters is a podcast on the I think the same network as the Adventure Zone. Okay. Um, and that is uh, April Wolf, a critic from the X LA Weekly, um, who sits down with a female filmmaker and they talk about a genre film. Oh, cool! That sounds cool. Yeah. So uh, some some I've really enjoyed have been um, the others. And uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, cool. And it's just a really fascinating and um, insightful podcast because they're to- because she's talking to filmmakers as well. They have a different um, read on it. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is is very cool. And then Crime Town has been, um, I think, a pretty popular podcast. So most people would have heard of that. But it's a long-running investigative series on uh, Rhode Island and crime and corruption hmm. in Rhode Island. Yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one I, I started listening to was uh, the Directors Guild, the DGA podcast. Um, and it can be a little bit pandering because it's, it's filmmakers talking to filmmakers. They don't really get negative on the films, but like they'll screen uh, like uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver and then they'll have another filmmaker interview Edgar Wright. So that was, they got Walter Hill to talk to Edgar Wright about Baby driver, wow. which was cool. Like it's super, yeah. super cool. And Patty Jenkins and Richard Donner and uh, 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 Guillermo del Toro. Feature. I mean, it's it's also it's all recently released films. Like it's all contemporary and stuff. So yeah, it's that that was that was a really especially if you're a filmmaker, they go into sort of pretty specific detail about how sequences are edited and sequences are filmed and what they do when they're directing and influences on the film. So that that's that was a new one I found. So recommended if you're a film nerd into that sort of stuff. Oh, and just uh, very quickly, as I, as I remember, um, on the McElroy brothers, um, so you you know the worst idea of all time? Yes. Yes. So they have teamed up uh, with the McElroy brothers, huh. and they do something similar where every year on sort of around Thanksgiving, they watch Paul Blart more Cop 2. <laughs> so it's like one, one episode a year. Yep. Okay, right. <laughs> That's a good season. We should do that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so the worst idea of all time is, a li- I think, literally New Zealand's most successful podcast ever. Uh, and it's Tim yeah, Bat so. and Guy Montgomery talking about uh, a terrible film that they watch once every day or week. What is it? I never, I couldn't bring myself to listen to it because it was just terrible films. But I, I, from my <laughs> understanding is that they slowly go insane throughout the series. Yeah, uh, which is great. <laughs> and they're now apparently doing the same thing, but until they die <laughs> with Paul Blart more cop <laughs> Once a year, every day till they Once die. There you go. <laughs> Terrible. So uh, that's kind of been my. Oh, and uh, there's a video game I played this year called Oxenfree, which is uh, super spooky and interesting in a storytelling sort of way. And that's about it, really. Was it called Oxenfree? Oxenfree. Oxenfree. 
if you're into video games, that's what yeah. Andrew recommends. Uh, I thought uh, okay. I didn't I didn't do it into detail, but I should do a quick shout out because we're about New Zealand films. So in my top ten, there were three New Zealand films. Um, three? Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, which are Picking Order, uh, Waru, and One Thousand Ropes. So I'd highly recommend any of those if you have access to New Zealand films. So you can get them. I think. If you're in New Zealand, I think some of them are available on the NZ On Demand site. Uh, if you're in England, some of them are available to you in England. Uh, Picking Order was a huge surprise for me this year. It is a documentary about chicken fanciers. Uh, it is uh, Werner Herzog-esque in its, in its execution. Uh, there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes intrigue into the people that breed chickens for chicken shows here in New Zealand. Uh, it's set in this sounds like my nightmare. South Island of Christchurch. I was like, I, I was, I did a small job for the film commission at the time when they were doing um, publicity for it, and I'd never heard of it. And you know, all of a sudden, I was getting these emails with, uh, you know, how they do those pictures of the signature of picking order, and it's just like pictures of chickens and people holding chickens. Uh, and it was fascinating because I didn't one, I didn't realize there were so many different types of chickens, so that was news to me. Uh, and two. The characters that are behind the scenes in this film are amazing. It's like the chicken, the club owner who's like been there for so long, and then people want to topple him from his perch, and the other guy, this younger guy that people wish sure want to take over. And it sounds crazy, but it's actually really fascinating. Slavko Martinov okay. has made a really fascinating little film about chickens, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> um, uh, Waru, which was. Um, uh, a sort of experiment. It was one. It's a. It's one of those. Um, uh, what do you call those films where there's lots of little bits joined together? One of those sorts of films. Um, it's it's yep. uh, eight short vignettes. <laughs> what do you call them? I can't remember what it's called. You know, like the ABCs of death and all that stuff. Um, so Katie Wolf, Brian Gray Smith, Ainsley Gardner, uh, Renee Mahi, Aha, uh, sorry, Awanui. Um, Simich Penne, Casey Carr, Paula Fetu Jones, and Chelsea Cohen each direct a segment, segment of this film. I think I think each segment is eight minutes long or ten minutes long, um, and it's about it's about the death of a of a small boy, small child in a in a Maori family, and the uh, the characters it affects uh, mainly uh, told from a female perspective. Uh, so one of them telling the story of a like a a younger relative, and one is an, an auntie and. One one of them is like the elders that are at the funeral, uh, and they're all interconnected, and it's it's beautiful. Um, some of them don't work as much as others, but it's pretty hard hitting. It's a, you know, it's a domestic abuse a drama that uh, is a well worth your time if you get a chance to see it. It's Waru. Oh, I'm hoping I'll I'll be able to get to see that at some point over the course of this year. Yeah. But. Uh, and then my my top like if I'm ranking like the one that affected me the most really is uh, One Thousand Ropes. Which is a uh, Tusi Tamasis is a Samoan New Zealand guy that made this film, The Orator. Do you remember that a few years back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the about the guy who's a little person that um, I actually haven't seen it, so I need to, I need to watch it. But like his his trials and tribulations um, in Samoa, where he tries to stand up for himself in the village which he's from. Um, so that's his last one, One Thousand Rose, set, set in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, it's about a um, an older Samoan man who's a midwife to Samoan woman. Uh, and he also works as a baker, uh, baking things. Uh, and it's a, it's a very affecting story about uh, violence uh, without showing any violence. He's a man with a violent past, and it's about him trying to bring new life into the world and also about the ghosts of the past. He, there's a literal ghost that visits him in the movie, and it's quite scary and um, 
menacing and it's very deliberately paced like a lot of, I think a lot of people would find that slow but it's one of those it's one of those beautiful slow burn movies and uh man that guy to see Thomas Hesse I think is going to go places if he keeps making movies like that cool. so recommend it those are the three uh 1000 ropes Waru and Pecking Order awesome yay New Zealand films boom boom <laughs> yay yay New Zealand films when I can see them um yeah all right, uh, cool. I think that it uh, wraps up 2017. We can say uh, very fucking goodbye <laughs> to that year. <laughs> Hard year. Good year for movies. Difficult year at times. Um, cool. Uh, we'll be back with season four at some point. It's happening. Some point soon. Some point yep. soon. We're, we're, we're deep into Not discussions. We're, we're getting it all set up and planned. Uh, massive thanks to Jeremy Veal, as always, our audio engineer who is amazing and makes us sound amazing. Uh, yep, and um, all of you for listening, and you know it'd be great if when you hear this, and if you like it, maybe tweet about it and link it to and stuff, so other people can maybe hear it and enjoy it. Um, yes, that would be lovely. Thank you. That's right, iTunes and all that. You can find me on the uh, the, the podcast on the Twitter at Regifilm R A J E V F I L M. Um, you can still currently find me on the Twitter as well, Andy James underscore Inc. But Honestly, who knows how longer, how much longer we're going to put up with Twitter. You know, see how the year goes. You can tweet us about your angry rants about Last Jedi, especially Andy, because, you know. Yep, please, yeah. please send them all my way. Yeah. Um, if you have a Star Wars Last Jedi opinion or fan theory, please tweet them to me at AndyJames underscore I don't care. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Love you all. Bye. Bye.